there, and welcome to the Chit and Chat, encouraging one another podcast. I'm your host, Jody Shuffield. Before we dive into interviews and music, I want to pause and thank you for being part of this podcast. And I am not a professional podcaster by any means. I will just say that now. I've been doing it four months. I think I'm learning from things, and I hope I'm getting better at my editing. And uh, I'm just having fun talking to people, sharing life, sharing encouragement. And I hope you are too. And I hope you had a chance to listen to some episodes, either some of them or all of them or parts of them, while you're driving stuck in traffic on I-5. Maybe you're out running errands and you're paying bills and you're getting kids to and from soccer or whatever. Thank you for giving us a listen. I really appreciate it. And I hope you're getting something out of these uh, episodes. And I talk to people all around the world from comedians, musicians, uh, nonprofit organizations, and, and much, much more. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is Chid Chat. Encouraging one another podcast. website at joelgibsonjrmusic.com you can see his schedule uh, where he's going to be at different concerts he's doing and as well you can buy merchandise they have hoodies uh, t-shirts hats all kinds of uh, apparel you can buy also there on his website you can go down you can see where he's some highlights about him where he's been and uh, uh, albums he's released Back in 2020, Joel Gibson won Best at Kitsap for his outdoor concerts. He is going all over the place, and and literally, he was in Nashville a month ago, Arizona, did a number of concerts there. Uh, For booking, you can email Brittany Gibson at joelgibsonjrmusic at yahoo.com, and maybe he'll be in your neck of the woods. Check out joelgibsonjrmusic.com for more details. for many veterans when they come home from active service. What we try to do is is bridge that divide. My name is Brandon Marty, and I'm the CEO and managing partner of Veteran Roasters Coffee. There's some great skills that can be transitioned to many different industries within coffee, and coffee's fun. 
We're all veterans here, veteran-owned, veteran-operated, and so there's a strong connection and trust that we all have in each other through similar service, and we support each other both personally and professionally in that growth. It's all about people here, and my goal is really to help them kind of establish a new life for them and their families, help them understand the benefits and resources available, and really create a pathway to the new phase of their lives. Today on the Chin Chat Encouraging Podcast episode is a man who has wore many hats, he has many hats, and he has been has so many cool interactive jobs from talk show host, uh, both sports and in general, pre and post game host, sports anchor, field reporter, uh, event MC, product spokesman. He has done uh, copywriting, public speaking, interviewed a ton of people. It is my honor today, and I've been a big fan of his since I got to Washington State back in 1993-ish. I am honored today to have a sit-down with New York Vinny. Uh, and he, we have some laughter, we have some fun. Uh, sit back and relax. This is Chit and Jet with New York Vinny. Hello, Hello there. Hey, Tony, how are you? Good yourself? Hear me all right? Uh, yeah, can hear you great. Sweet. I am honored today to have you on, by the way. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. No problem. You are a man with many hats. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I do have quite a few hats. I collect hats, so it's, uh, that's an astute observation. Nice. <laughs> Before we dive into some great conversation, I want to pick your brain with a few icebreaker questions. Are you ready? Sure. Do you remember your very first job? My very first job? Yes, sir. Yes, I do. Where was that at? Oh, you want to know? <laughs> I thought you wanted, you wanted to know. I thought it was like a memory test. Um, <laughs> no, it. Um, I pumped gas in my father's gas station. Oh, wow. Where was that at? Uh, I was in New York. Okay. And uh, he used to take me My there grandma. on Saturdays, and I uh, would I would pump gas and clean windshields. That's when gas was uh, pretty cheap, right? <laughs> um, I think if I remember right, it was um, twenty nine cents, twenty nine nine for high test, and twenty five nine for regular. Wow, that's a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was nineteen sixty. Two, I think, sixty-one actually, when okay. he first yeah. So I was like six years old, and that was my first uh, my first job. Do you have a favorite sports team? Do I have a favorite sports team? <laughs> I have many favorite sports teams. You got to You got to pick one. <laughs> one the Mets. Oh yeah, no, no, no doubt in my mind what that is. Okay, and yeah, yeah. a favorite player growing up. Favorite player growing up? Yes, sir. Ed Greenpool. I'm not sure who he is. <laughs> Ed Greenpool was the first baseman for the New York Mets, one of the original first basemen. Oh wow! And um, he was—he, uh, you know, I mean, we all grew up with him. 
He was a young kid. And um, one day he came into my father's gas station at, while I was not there. And um, he had a 62 Rambler and one of the Trunnions broke on it on the Triborough Bridge. And they towed him into my father's gas station. And my father fixed his car. So he, uh, Ed Cranepool gave him an autographed baseball for me. Oh, wow. That's cool. Which I still have to this day somewhere. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, have Billy Martin's autograph in a baseball somewhere. I saw the Yankees and the Rangers play. I grew up in Arkansas, and the whole family was for the Rangers. I was I was a Yankee guy. I like Ron Guidry because he's from Louisiana. But yeah, I got old crusty Billy Martin's autograph. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's it's funny. I'm, I mean, I'm, I've never been a really big autograph guy. Uh, you know, and I've had opportunities over the years to get many autographs, but um, I've just never, there's very few people, uh, somebody has to mean something to me for me to want to get their autograph. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I have some people, you know, there's certain people that I have that I've collected their autographs um, over the years, and I've been very happy about that. Um, I've met two presidents and did not get either one of them their autographs, but I got a picture with one, so now, who'd you meet? Uh, I met uh, I met Biden. Um, I interviewed Jimmy Carter many years ago, and uh, I met Biden uh, about two and a half, three, maybe three years ago. Okay, four years ago, something like that. If you can go back in time to watch one sporting event, which one would you choose? The Christians and the Lions. That's a few years ago. Yeah, well, you know, greatest comeback story in sports, right? Okay. Give me some details. Well, uh, you know, for fun in the Roman Colosseum, the Romans used to keep the Christians in a cage. Okay. And uh, they would feed them to the lions. Oh, uh, yep. Don't you read the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, when they would read them, you know, they would feed them to the lions and they'd eat them up and everybody would sit there and drink beer and applaud. Wow. That's crazy. And uh, so I would like to, uh, uh, but yet the Christians endured and they came back. Yes, we did. Yep. Yep. And so now, uh, yeah, so it's really the, the, the biggest uh, comeback story uh, of all time. And I would, would have liked to have seen some of that. Okay. Are you a bigger baseball fan or football fan or what sport? Baseball. baseball? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a much bigger baseball fan uh, than any other sport. I'm giving you the honor to put four baseball figures on Mount Rushmore. Who are you putting up there? Uh, <laughs> no pressure. Four baseball figures on Mount Rushmore. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, you know. So they're they're they got to be stoned, is what you're telling me. Uh, let's see. Well, you'd have to put Babe Ruth. Uh, you'd have to put Cy Young. Uh, you would have to put. Oh uh, man, you would have to put. Uh, Babe Ruth, Cy Young. You would, um, I'm, 
you'd have to put um, Happy Chandler. And okay. you would have to put Jackie Robinson. Mm, okay. It's a very good, good foursome there. Yeah, well, you have, you know, uh, the greatest home run hitter of all time uh, and, a, and a guy who saved, basically saved baseball. Uh, you have the greatest pitcher of all time. I don't think any pitcher will ever win 511 games. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you have the man who um, got rid of the, who, who called up the clubs and said, you're going to, uh, there's going to be a black guy playing and you better damn well shut your mouth and play and not give me any grief. <laughs> Yep. Maybe the last. And you have the guy who was the black guy to play. For my listeners out there, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself, a little brief bio about who New York Vinny is? Oh, I hate telling people about myself. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's see. I, I, wanted to, uh, I was born in a log cabin in New York City on Fifth Avenue back in 1955. And um, um, I... Uh, I always want, you know, I grew up, uh, I grew up among, among the people. And then one day my, my, I was anointed. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, I grew up like everybody else. Yeah. I grew up in a, in a, in New York city. I, I learned a lot of things early on in my life. I learned uh, the biggest lesson I learned was that, uh, there was a whole fantastic world that I was living in the middle of. And as a young boy, I took advantage of it. I got on the subway train. I went to Manhattan. I went to, I went down to Greenwich Village. I saw different people and different ways of thinking, and all these things. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the, the brightest kid in school, really. Um, as a matter of fact, I got a lot of trouble in school. Uh, and and um, as I progressed through school, I found that I learned much more. Um, uh, from a three-minute record that I ever could learn in school. Okay. Um, and uh, so I I would go into Manhattan a lot, even at a very young age, and uh, learn what was going on in there. And also I would um, I would uh, work at my father's gas station and help out there. And, and, and he had different gas stations when I was growing up. He had two or three at a time sometimes. And I would work there and pump gas to earn a little bit of money. And, uh, and, um, I wanted to, I was interested in, in performing arts and drama. That's what I went to school for. Okay. And, um, decided that I had a problem when I couldn't really remember lines that well, <laughs> uh, which is in those days was a problem. It was before teleprompters. Right. Uh, but I also loved radio. I loved listening to radio cars and radio went together so well. That I said, you know, I could, I could do that. Yeah. Uh, and um, finally, one day, when I when I decided I was going to leave New York, and I went out to San Francisco and got a job at a radio. I was I worked in the automotive industry for a while, but then I decided, well, if I'm ever going to do this, I'm going to do it. And um, I got a job at a radio station, and. Somebody hung the nickname New York Vinny on me because you may have noticed I have a bit of a New York accent. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, um, you know, from there, um, I just worked my uh, my butt off and uh, did every job that nobody else wanted to do, took every shift that nobody else wanted to do, worked holidays, worked weekends, worked nights, worked whenever 
Uh, nobody else wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, uh, I got, uh, you know, I worked my way up to sports director of a station in San Francisco. And the station went under the same day the station went under. Uh, KJR up here called me. And I came up here and uh, enjoyed uh, a very nice amount of success. Who gave you some, uh, growing up doing your, your ethics seems a phenomenal of working. Was your dad kind of the focal point for your work, work ethic? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he worked, he worked a lot. He worked hard. Did you, tra- did you learn? learn yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was a guy that, that whenever he got knocked down, and he got knocked down a lot when, when I was a kid, he got back up again. Did you learn from that as well, with your experiences? Yeah, I, I learned that uh, I learned that well. The only time he didn't get up was when he died. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, every other time he got knocked down before that, he got up, he dusted himself off, and he moved on to something else. He knew how to hustle. Uh, he knew how to work hard. And... Um, you know, uh, it, it, uh, it definitely rubbed off on me to a degree. Gotcha. Well, what are you doing these days? Well, I do a radio show uh, every week on Saturday morning on uh, KKNW. And it's uh, also, it, it puts two of my loves together. It's uh, centered around cars. Oh, nice. And uh, so I get to do a, a, a show about uh, cars and the car, uh, you know, the whole automotive lifestyle. And I get to test drive cars and write about them and talk about them. Uh, so I do that. And then I also do it three times a week, uh, a show that streams on Facebook uh, with my old partner from here, Michael Knight. And we, uh, you know, we try to provide uh, a little levity from everything that's going on. We started it during the pandemic. Um, and it, you know, we enjoy working with each other so much that we're hoping that one day somebody hires us uh, back, you know, to get back on the radio. I got I got some more details about uh, your experiences of KGR, but kind of curious, what's your favorite car to drive? My favorite car to drive? Uh, anyone that's free. <laughs> if you're driven a Dodge Viper, that's my. I love a Dodge Viper. I'll never buy one, but I, I always, I just drooled. Dodge Vipers look awesome. They look mean looking cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're nice cars. I mean, I'm more of a Corvette guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely. If you had to say to me, well, okay, what's your favorite car? Uh, you know, that I mean, I've had four Corvettes in my life. Um, no, five actually. And I'll probably have another one before I die. Uh, so, you know, that's that's my favorite uh, car. 60, uh, I've had a couple of 62 Corvettes. That's my favorite uh, favorite year. What, you got, what, what, what colors you got? Uh, well, the last one I had was like a maroon, a Milano maroon. Okay. When you began working in the radio, was there a mentor perhaps who encouraged you, who, who kind of took you under your wing, or just kind of fly by the seat of your pants? Um, I was lucky enough to have several mentors. I was lucky enough to have uh, to work. You know, most people, if they want to work in radio, they go to have to go to some small town and break in and, uh, you know, and, and 
work and do all of the stuff. And I um, figured out a way not to have to do that. The smallest market I ever worked in is Seattle. Wow. Oh, no, no, excuse me, Pittsburgh. Okay. Pittsburgh's smaller than Seattle. But um, I talked my way into a job at a, a music station in San Francisco. And uh, at the same time, I went back to school and, st- and took classes at, the, at the, one of the local universities in, in broadcast and got involved in the station there. And the station that I got involved in won uh, the uh, radio college radio station of the year award. Oh, wow. So I started to, uh, you know, to, to see people there, to what people there that I talked to and I met. And then at this other station I worked at, um, I took a little bit from a lot of people i i you know I, you know because there was nobody comparable to me mm-hmm. so nobody was doing exactly what i was doing at that time um which was being a a a, a character being a personality on the radio but it's so much more than that and so i had uh, uh there's a guy unfortunately he's uh very sick right now uh, he's out in Idaho, but he was in San Francisco. His name is Norman Davis. And um, he uh, taught me so much about music and how to present it. Uh, there was another guy, Dan Carlisle, who um, works as a DJ in San Francisco. And he taught me about connecting with your audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was... Uh, Michael Knight, who I work, you know, we do the show together. He taught me so much again about uh, about talk radio and how to make the transition from music to talk. And um, you know, when I got up here, uh, there were there were a few people that kind of uh, took me under their wing a bit, but uh, you know, for the most part. Um, it was those guys in San Francisco that really, you know, showed me how to do what I always call do radio right. You know, to do it where you were a personality, to do it where you were people wanted to know what you were doing that day. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you were somebody's friend. Hey, Vinny, what are you doing today? Well, that's what radio is. Radio is getting people to check in to see what you're doing today. Yeah, yep. If you're successful at it, that's what happens. People check in uh, and see. And then, um, you know, uh, and up here, once I started working with the Mariners at, at Cairo, um, Dave Niehaus was my biggest supporter oh, wow. and, uh, and, and probably my biggest mentor. Um, you know, Dave really uh, took a liking to me and taught me things and, and, we really got uh, we we got along fabulously, and uh, taught me a lot about uh, about how to do it in a in a baseball environment. And I was lucky enough to um, to do that and do it well enough that I got a, a regular job there. Did the post game show, wound up on TV, um, you know, doing weekend sports and. Sometimes all week sports, you know, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a bunch of people in TV that mentored me. So I moved to Bremerton in, uh, around 1990. I got stationed here in Bremerton 
for the Navy, and I, t- I turned on KJR, and I heard you and Michael Knight. I heard the fabulous sports babe, the Gros and Gas. I've always been a big fan of sports radio, even sports in general. And you and Michael Knight always brought some something special to each show. I was laughing. You know, you guys, you'd go back and forth. I came across your podcast, as you mentioned earlier, with Michael Knight. You guys just cover everything and the kitchen sink in your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's that's what, um, you know, because that's that's what people want. That You know, you don't have a friend that talks only about sports. You have a friend that talks about a lot of things. Yep. You know, you, if your friend just talks about sports, you get kind of sick of listening to him after a while. <laughs> but if you can talk about a lot of things and you can and you have a gift of being able to um, and you're, you're not afraid to express your opinion and to tell people what you think, mm-hmm. really, genuinely, not what, what, what they want to hear, but what you think. Uh, and you can do that honestly. People will uh, will listen to it. And sometimes in today's society, it's really difficult. People get offended by what you say or don't say, but you have someone you can bat- banter with. You are both on different playing fields. It's under you know you can understand the conversation a little better. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, people get a little too offended at everything these days, <laughs> and you know there's some things that, rightly so, shouldn't be said or shouldn't be talked about, or or it's not that they shouldn't be talked about. They just shouldn't be. Um, put in a positive light mm-hmm. you know hating people should not be put in a positive light it shouldn't be cool to to um uh, you know take your big pickup truck and run somebody over you know that shouldn't be cool that should, should you should be scorned for that you should be disliked for that but you know there's a certain element in our society today uh, to which life is cheap for them and you know, they don't care about uh, about the other person. They're just there for themselves. Yep. Uh, we recently lost a couple of legends in our you know, in sports. Uh, you meet John Madden. Did I ever meet John Madden? Yeah, yes, several sir. times. What was John Madden like? Um, you know, I interviewed him a bunch of times. I sat next to him at a table once. Uh, he seemed to be just a regular good guy. <laughs> You know, he just seemed to be, he seemed to be very much what he was on the radio Mm -hmm. and on television. He just, that was, you know, that was his persona. He was probably uh, one of the truest people on radio uh, and on television uh, than most people that do his job. Mm -hmm. You know, and we recently lost John Clayton. Can you share a little bit about John Clayton? Were you guys friends? You, were you friends? I'm sure with John Clayton, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we were. We were very good friends. Uh, uh, John, oh John, I just was talking about John last night. Mm. Um, uh, I, listen, I, I, it was a guy that knew his sport better than the people that ran the sport knew it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he uh, he do any, any any question about any team, the yeah. right guard, the the backup right tackle on you know who, the the Dolphins, he would know. <laughs> yeah, but could also you see it is the trick. 
I can give you 20 people that can tell me who the backup right tackle on the Dolphins is. But can you give me 20 people out of those 20, if you can find one that can present it in an entertaining and memorable way? Oh, definitely. And that's what John was able to do. Uh, He did it without yelling. He did it by being the geek. (laughs) You know, he... John was a geek. He was a football geek. Oh, yeah. And he'd be the first to admit that. But he had a heart of gold. Um, He was a guy who helped me out in my career um, uh, several times. And um, and he was a a good person. Mm -hmm. You know? He wasn't a backstabber. And there's a lot of people in this business that are. There's yeah, he was, uh, you know, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll pat your uh, back with one hand and pick the pocket with the other. <laughs> he was truly a professor, man. He knew anything and everything. And the way he presented on the radio, I listened to him on Saturdays quite a bit. Him and Irish Mankey would go round and round. It was fun to hear. I had Dick Fane on a little bit ago on sports radio. I talked to him. He, he even John shared Saturdays as well for a number of years. So, yes, I just enjoy – I'll miss him for sure, but I enjoy hearing stories about him as well. Yeah, he was he was, um, he was was just a really good guy. You know, him and his wife, uh, um, you know, they used to I, – I used to do some Saturdays, uh, like I would do the, uh, you know, the Mariners post game or something like that when we did a show on Saturday. And John would come in after the show and we'd sit in the studio – and talk a lot, and um, him and his wife, his wife always came in when his wife traveled with him and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, yeah, he was just a hell of a guy, man. He was just a a, a good guy, and I'll, um, you know, I miss, I miss him uh, to this day. I miss the guy. Uh, this podcast is about sharing encouragement and positivity, and you have been involved in helping the community and doing a tremendous impact. I I went to your website. You've raised, uh, helped to raise a lot of money in different organizations. Uh, One was Buner Buzz Cut Night. You helped raise money for assisted fibrosis. What was that like? Getting your head shaved. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, that was, uh, well, that was just a a glorious moment. We raised $28,000 in one day for cystic fibrosis. And the same uh, $28,000 in one day, I would have let Jay going to shave my entire body. <laughs> uh, we started out as kind of a joke, and it turned into uh, a bunch of people who were ponying up money to uh, so that he would shave my head. The original thing was if we raised, I think it was 10 grand. Or five grand or something like that, he would shave my head. I would let him shave my head, <laughs> and we wound up, like I said, raising twenty eight thousand dollars. That's amazing. And having like a, a, a few thousand people come down to watch it. <laughs> uh, when he shaved my head right outside the uh, Safeco Field. <laughs> yep. And I remember the people from uh, uh, Supercuts came. Or was it Hairmasters? I forget. One of the chain haircut places it might have been Hairmasters. Um, they came down and I had a bunch of people there and they were giving free haircuts out. But uh, uh, it, it was a great thing because 
cystic fibrosis was uh, one of Jay's charities. He did mm -hmm. the, the golf tournament yep. uh, for them for years, him and Randy Johnson. Uh, and then he did it with Dan Wilson. And it was um, it's just a good, it's the kind of thing you do in when you're in radio. I mean, part of being in radio is to be active in your community. And if you see an opportunity to help people, uh, you take it because we're, the people that have these jobs are very blessed. You know, it's a it's a it's a uh, a privilege mm -hmm. to uh, go to work each morning and entertain people. And part of getting that privilege is that you should be giving back. And that's how I was able to, you know, I mean, that and several other things along the way. Um, they got you, you know, and Sean Alexander, the Salvation Army, you're ringing bells for those guys. Yeah, we did that. We did uh, our pennies from heaven for the baseball strike when we stood, Michael and I stood out on the corner of Queen Anne Avenue and we had, um, we had uh, people take the pennies off of their, you know, off of their, dresser tops and their penny jaws and bring them down and dump them in a barrel uh, so that because it was the baseball strike and yep. people, uh, you know, the Mariners stopped contributing to the um, Fremont Public Association mm -hmm. and their um, uh, uh, program to buy babies formula and, oh, and wow. feed babies. And we were able to raise more money on one day than the Mariners would have had to pay out if they would have hit like 125 home runs. Wow. That year. That's amazing. So we were, uh, you know, we were very, I was, I was very proud of that. that we were able to step in and that those people would, and then on top of it, um, I think it was uh, whoever the whoever the cell phone company was. Now I forget uh, which cell phone company it was, but one of the cell phone companies stepped in and said, "Well, for every penny you raise, we'll match it." So they got double the bank. They got they oh it was it was yeah it was um whatever cell phone company was sponsoring that for the Mariners. Okay, they said we'll take all money that we were going to pay the Mariners and we'll give it to you and and uh, the Fremont Public Association. So we raised. I forget. I think it wound up being twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars somewhere That's around awesome. there in one day. That's amazing. For uh, you know, and it all went for baby formula. There was no administrative costs or anything like that. It's go out by the formula. It was uh, baby boost was the name of the program. Okay. And uh, you know, again, we got a chance to do something good. We saw something that was missing. And we uh, we tried to make up for it. We tried to help out. And so you got a got a beer for the Mario Lemieux Foundation as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I first got to, well, we continued. I mean, listen. I think uh, again. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Part of this job, yeah, entails you uh, entails that you do good for people, uh, which is lost, I think, today in many. Of uh, uh, of these uh, younger people that have these shows now, um, I don't know that they do the same the same type of 
stuff that we did for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. I'm not judging anybody. But when I came up, you had a you had a show. You had a, I mean, a station when they hired you, they wanted to know, okay, what did you do? What did you do for your community? Yeah. What did you do to make the the world a better place? And you know, I would have done it anyway if I was, you know, if I was driving a cab, I would have, you know, <laughs> done something to help people out. But uh, and you know, and of course, the proudest moment of that was the whole baseball stadium and football stadium thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it was not for us and KJR, and I will, I'll take a lap for this. If it wasn't for, you know, running back and forth to Olympia and getting people excited about it, and and going to the different city council meetings and county council meetings, Mariners would be an afterthought here, and so would the Seahawks. Yep, yep. And that was something. That was my proudest moment was to be able to, um, I don't want to say lead the charge, but to certainly get people aroused and out to vote. Right. And to, and people to put pressure on elected officials here who, who were ready, who were absolutely ready to let both the Mariners and the Seahawks walk. Yeah, pack your bags and go. Yeah, sure were. And... To me, uh, you know, that's we took on the power in this city, and 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 we said um, that you know you have programs for this and programs for that, but what does the average person want? We want to go, you know, an average working person wants to go to a ball game, wants to go to a football game. They don't mind paying the money for it. So give us a little something too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we put the pressure on, and they finally uh, they finally decided to do something. So this podcast uh, originated about, uh, four months ago or so in my head for a while, but I all stuff we're going through, and I want to just share encouragement with, with with people and and have on you and many others to share the story and how they're encouraging their communities uh, and uh, who inspired them. Uh, how are you? Are you still encouraging your community, hanging out with different areas and doing different things? Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. And you know what? It is the small things that you do, especially in this time that we live in, mm-hmm. where it is so screwed up, and everybody's just biting at everybody's heels. But it is a you know. You you don't have to give a million dollars to a charity. You don't have to um, run 50 miles. Uh, you don't have to. I'll tell you something that I do. And I've done this for years. Every Mother's Day, um, every Veterans Day, and uh, um, uh, usually Thanksgiving weekend, uh, you know, that, that time of Thanksgiving, I go, I, I go to a flower shop, like a Trader Joe's or something like that, and I buy a couple of bouquets of flowers, three, four, five bouquets. Cost me, you know, $35, $40. And I take those bouquets, and I go over to a nursing home, to a rehab facility, to something like that, and I go to the front desk, and I say, please, 
I know that there's people in here who didn't have a visitor today. It's Mother's Day, and, and I'm sure that you have people in here that had no visitors. Please give them these flowers. Mm -hmm. Just tell them somebody. And, it, you know, it's, it's a small thing. But it's something that you can do. It takes you two minutes. Yeah. And I was lucky enough. I, you know, I put it on social media every year uh, uh, that I've been able to do it. Or before that, I just used to say to people on the show, hey, mm -hmm. this is uh, Mother's Day coming up. Why don't you do this? And I, I've gotten the satisfaction of walking into a place and said, and the person at the front desk looking at me and going, geez, you're the fifth person that's been here today with flowers. <laughs> and I and and I couldn't have um I couldn't have felt sweeter about it. A because I know that I made that happen. Yeah. I encourage people to make that happen. Yeah. When you make encouragement contagious. Uh, you can definitely make ripples and it spreads like wildfire. And, and I'm sure a lot of uh, shut-ins uh, in the nursing homes and whatnot probably get forgotten at times if they're, they have no family. So it's amazing what you're doing. I really, that's, 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 it's very inspiring. Well, I know, how, I know how it feels to be there and to be somebody who's in a nursing home and is recovering from a serious illness. And I know, um, what that's like. So I know how those places are in there on holidays, especially they're horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you see other people's families come and you got either you don't have anybody or you're, you know, for whatever reason, they don't come see you. They live far away. They did. They moved away. They did this. Uh, this way, somebody gets a little something, um, uh, you know, for a, for a holiday. Uh, I did it one year with Valentine. I went out and bought a, a case of, of um, chocolates. And I learned a lesson. You probably shouldn't give people in a nursing home a lot of chocolates. <laughs> That's uh, just yeah. saying. <laughs> That's pretty good. Next time the uh, front desk person sees me coming, she says, I hope you're not carrying chocolates, pal. <laughs> and I'm Bring the flowers back. right out of here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you have a website people can check out and see what you're doing and, and just kind of follow you? Um, uh, now, say that again. I'm sorry. You get a website or a podcast? People oh, yeah. Well, you yeah, you can always find me on Facebook, just okay. uh, New York Vinny. Um, or uh, I got a website, NewYorkVinny.com. And you can always email me there and send me a note, a love letter, and tell me how much you hate me. <laughs> tell me to go back to New York. Tell me to uh, stick to sports. Whatever you want to tell me. Um, we do hunt down people who make death threats, though. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, and the, the guy, you don't want to meet the guy who hunts you down for the death threats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love you, Vinny. <laughs> yeah. He's not a guy you want to meet. I, I just really appreciate it. Um, and thank you very much for your taking time out of your busy day. And, and I've always been a big fan of yours and Michael Knight and just uh, catching you, even you did Mariners for a while. I've been here, living in here, uh, Washington since God. I'm 51 now, so wow. 20, 28 years, somewhere in there. And so I really appreciate all you do and helping the community and making a, a tremendous impact and encouraging others. And you, you said it earlier, the smallest thing we do 
can be a huge thing for somebody else. Getting getting the door for someone, saying yeah, hold the door you. for somebody. Yeah, you know, be cognizant of people around you and smile at somebody, say hello to somebody. You know, I mean, just don't just don't look down and 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 walk by. You know, smile at somebody. Yep. Uh, say hello to them. You know, you never know who you're doing that to. You never you never know that what people are going through. You could be the only person to talk to that person that day. Yeah, so so true. Well, thank you very much for the time. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best in all you do, and, and thank you. Thanks. You, you too, Jody. Good talking to you, man. I appreciate it. Have an amazing day, Have a, and just take care of yourself. All right. You too. Stay positive, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, no. Bye-bye. This episode of Chit and Chat was brought to you by Veteran Roasters Coffee. Each purchase of Veteran Roasters Coffee helps employ one of tens of thousands of U.S. military veterans who have found hardship and difficulty upon transitioning home from service. They promise you the best beans from the best veteran-owned coffee company. Veterans helping veterans one cup at a time. Use the code CHITCHAT25 to receive 25% off your purchase at VeteranRoasters.com. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast today and listening in to Joel Gibson Jr.'s music and uh, interview with New York Vinny, as well as a little tidbit from Veterans Roasters Coffee with Brad and Marty. He shares about his amazing company and helping veterans. Thank you for being part of the show. Hope you can continue to subscribe and support us and uh, follow us. And uh, we'll be here next time, next week. 
Have a great day. This is Chit and Chat, encouraging one another podcast.